got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. We come live at you 9.30 Eastern every single day to bring you the most recent on-chain fundamental and technical analysis around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets. As you probably already know, Bitcoin's currently trading just south of where it was yesterday at $42,000. It's now sitting at $40,300. It's sitting on top of a couple of major strong support uptrends, but the fact that it has gone under this drop throws into question a lot of what we've been talking about, about, hey, how Bitcoin could be going to the upside. So one of the big questions we're going to be asking asking today is, has Bitcoin just invalidated its entire uptrend? Or has Bitcoin just come back to backtest some major levels of support? And are we about to be going into an actual major uptrend? We're not only going to be talking about price action today, we're going to be talking about some of the news and fundamentals that are impacting the price action. We're going to be updating you a little bit on the pending Russia, uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict. Hopefully nothing breaks out there, but we're going to be talking about what, what may happen if it does. We're also going to be talking about how it seemed like it was fake news yesterday, but it's actually not. Ukraine has basically just legalized the cryptocurrency markets. It still has to go before the president of Ukraine. That will hopefully go through. And then you'll be able to use cryptocurrency in the Ukraine just the same way that you can in the United States. Got a couple of other big stories coming out about Ripple and the SEC lawsuit. There's a couple of memos they are going to be opening that could be shedding some light on whether or not Ripple slash XRP, I should say, is actually a security. That court case has been going on for a year or more. And whenever we do find out whether or not XRP is a security, we're probably going to see a major movement in that cryptocurrency. And we're going to be talking about all of that and more in this episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. I am joined, as always, by my co host ta tim how you doing tim what's up everybody i got my uh virginia tech sweatshirt on kelly's got the virginia tech flag in the back Ooh. it's too early to officially name anything but i have this uh feeling that this death this is going to stay on this desk for four weeks in a row oof you know kelly took it one week that's okay though he shared he took the desk. It two weeks no he did one week i did two in a row then kelly did one last week sitting at my desk i thought he had two in a row nope wait kelly let me bring you in so you can contest that i thought you won two weeks in a row didn't he Am I crazy? Well, I have I have won more than once, yes, but in Not this in situation that you're calling about, uh, no, I only I only won once in a row this time. Well, we're joined as always by Kelly. How are you doing, Kelly? You know what? I am doing excellently. I slept really well. I'm. Uh, we sent Smay off. Uh, he's off doing some family stuff this weekend. He he deserves some much needed time off with family and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know just participating in life as we have to do sometimes. Right. It's all good things though. Yeah. Uh, as for me, you know, I'll be here through the weekend and, uh, I'll be here again on Monday, of course, but I'll be flying back to New York Monday. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just excited about what's going on in the market. I'm excited to dive into it. And, uh, I just have one specific favor to ask everybody on the stream, press that like button, smash that like button. Let's get to 500 likes here in the next five minutes. I know we can do it. Thank you so very much for everyone who has tuned in. We are joined as never by Zach, who is filling in for Smay. How you doing, Zach? Dude, I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing really great. So uh, filling with Smay and get to do the, the big boy set. Zach, do you remember what your name was for back in the old office, what your on-screen name was? Do you remember? Definitely not high. Definitely, definitely not high, not Zach. High That's Zach. right. That definitely it. not high, Zach. Who is definitely not high is here to fill in for Zach. For for Zach. For Smay. <laughs> I'm high. I guess yeah, I'm that's high. A. That's not a confession, Feds. Who's watching this? Because you're trying to pin anything on us, cryptocurrency folk. Zach, my friend, give us a 30 second rundown of your journey in crypto. Because I know you're trying to get into crypto and you're doing some stuff here. 
Yeah, guys. Um, you know, I'm just getting into the market. I have a lot of investing. Uh, nothing too serious, but uh, I have been able to. Uh, actually, surprisingly, a lot of my family has gotten into it. Uh, a, a lot of like the heavier investors, you know, the, the people that have saved up money want to get into the market now. And I'm seeing a lot of almost like adoption in a lot of my older family, which is kind of crazy. So I'm just experiencing a lot and I feel like it, it, the market's just, you know, growing exponentially. I just love it. Yeah. Hey, Zach, uh, when you sit in that seat, the tradition is that when you talk, you touch the mic. Yes, the tradition uh, so, is you touch the mic. Just so you know. That's the tradition. That is indeed the tradition. Well, guys, Smay will be back in a couple of weeks, and we won't have to look at definitely not high Zach anymore. I'm joking. Zach, we love you. You have the luscious locks of the office. It's true. You always have. Tim, what did we call Zach back in microchurch back in the day? You remember that? You remember that? We had two Zachs. What did we call them? Oh, 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 yeah. We called one <laughs> locks. And yep. we, we, you were locks, right? He was locks, and Zach, locks. the other Zach was curls, wasn't curls, I was yeah. lo- I had long hair. I had a down <laughs> had long hair. I was, I was going through some phase, you know what I mean? Yeah, but me too. I feel true. that. That was all high school for me. I had a mullet in high school. People won't believe that, but it's true. No, Zach, Tim, and I actually used to be in a microchurch together. That's how I met yep. the two of them. That My is. brother brought me to their microchurch, and now we all work together. One big happy family running a cryptocurrency channel. It's a great thing. But you know what else is a great thing? Our time to go ahead and jump into the market pulse. Let's take a look at what Bitcoin is doing here. It's down 4% on the day. Ethereum down 4% as well. Binance coin down 3%. XRP down 3%. We're going to talk about XRP a little bit later. There's some pretty big news coming out about that, or it may be pretty big news. We don't really know just yet. Cardano's down 3%. Solana's down 4%. Avalanche down 6%. Have a pastor of mine who is looking to get into Avalanche. Phil, if you're watching this, you might have a good chance to buy in here. Not financial advice. Terra Luna down 7%. Polygon down 5%. The entire cryptocurrency market's slumping today. NEO, surprisingly enough, is up 10%. For any of you guys who have been in the market as long as I have, Kelly, you've actually been in the market a little longer than I have. NEO used to be one of those big projects. It actually, at one point, was in the top 10. I believe it was number 9 at one point. The problem that you run into is that NEO uh, did not manage to keep up with the rest of the market. It was formerly known as AntShares, and it was a cryptocurrency that was trying to build Layer 1 protocols and and, uh, decentralized application solutions. The problem that you run into with a project like NEO is that it was was not able to keep up. Its technology was good at the time, but it got left behind. And that's one of the that's a very important lesson for you guys to to learn is that just because something's in the top 10 today does not mean it will be in 3 years. I remember 3 years ago when Neo was all the rage. In fact, one of the earliest successful videos on this channel was me doing a price prediction on Neo, which never came true because Neo did not keep up. Now we also see that there are some other projects here. Hollow's up 3%, uh Clayton is up 3%. Not terribly familiar with that project, but if we look at the total market here, Decred's down big time rally is uh, failing to rally Uh, sandbox down seven percent Definitely some hard times coming into the Metaverse projects. Metaverse being one of the most experimental and uh, new frontiers of the cryptocurrency wave of adoption is having a hard time keeping up, especially as you see a company like Meta, formerly known as Facebook, come in with a $230 billion market loss a couple of weeks ago. That was the biggest loss in the history of the stock market in one day on a, on a stock uh, as, far as, as far as market capitalization is concerned. Metaverse right now is having a hard time, especially after Meta came out with their Super Bowl ad with the dog and the VR, and it was super creepy, and I just was like, what in the world's going on here? I feel like Five Nights at Freddy's meets Chuck E. Cheese meets Facebook's weird advertising strategy, and so the rest of the meta ecosystem is really having a hard time right now. So the entire cryptocurrency market is down a little bit. I would attribute part of that to uncertainty around the Russia-Ukraine issue. I would attribute some of it to uh, uncertainty around interest rates. 
But I would also attribute it to some uncertainty around what actually matters in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, because quite frankly, if there is a conflict in Russia and Ukraine, that really should not have an impact on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, because it is ridiculously unlikely that that would scale up into a full-scale global conflict. And if it did, your cryptocurrency valuation is the last thing you'd be worried about because nukes would be involved. So that really shouldn't be something that you're worried about as far as your cryptocurrency portfolio is concerned. We absolutely should be praying every single day that there's peace in Ukraine. I'm not saying that we want that to happen, but it really shouldn't have that big of an impact on the price action of Bitcoin. And at the same time, we're actually going to read here in a little bit from some uh, uh, chief inf uh, chief information uh, investment officers from some different or organizations saying that if interest rates go up, the federal funds rate goes up, that shouldn't have an impact on Bitcoin either. So one of the themes of this stream is going to be, hey, look, there's all this news that seems to be causing Bitcoin to drop, but it's all FUD because it shouldn't have an impact on the price at all. We're going to be talking about all of that and more here in just a little bit. Actually, we're going to be talking about it right now because Kelly, I want you to go ahead and run us through some of these headlines. What are you seeing? around the cryptocurrency market, my friend. I'm seeing some things. I'm seeing, uh, you know, we talked about last night on the Twitter spaces we did. You know, uh, one of the craziest things is we've had such like onslaught of bullish news nonstop. But, uh, you know, we've had like it's equally paired with this like negative ge geopolitical sort of uh, whether it be the Fed stuff or the, the, the pervasive flu that never seems to go away. And now geo uh, now uh, Russia and Ukraine. But I'm going to go through this really quick because I know we're going to want to dive really quickly into to TA here soon because we are having a little bit of price action. So let me let me jump right into the story. Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, all right. So first one uh, is, and you just mentioned it, Dan Moorhead, the CEO of Pantera Capital. Now, Pantera Capital, uh, they've got uh, over a billion dollars assets under management. Uh, Dan Moorhead, the CEO, has uh, been uh, in, the, in, in the investment in uh, uh, traditional markets for the last 25 years. But he says uh, more specifically, uh, whereas block, uh, basically stocks and stocks and traditional markets are uh, their values uh, is uh, related to cash flow. Uh, but uh, whereas blockchain isn't cash flow oriented, it's like gold. It can it can behave in very different way from interest rate oriented products. I think uh, when all is said and done, investors will be given a choice. They have they have to invest in something. And if rates are rising, blockchain is going to be the most uh, is going to be the most relatively attractive. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go on to the next story. We got Ripple versus SEC. Everybody's been waiting on this for a long time. It's just been this nonstop news story uh, for uh, for Ripple for a long time. But the court has uh, been ordered to unseal some SEC memos publicly uh, today. Uh, and so now we're going to have to see how, how that plays out. I know there's a lot of speculation now based on there's a lot of speculation now based on some of the things going on on Coinbase uh, that they may be uh, preparing to relist. Uh, so for those of you that are XRP holders or Ripple, uh, you know, in the Ripple gang, uh, then uh, I would definitely suggest make sure that you you have your positions. Uh, but don't don't just bet on the upside. Look for your downside targets too, just to be safe. Uh, uh, next next thing here is Ukraine, as as we know, uh, is legalizing Bitcoin. Now this is different from making it legal tender, like what uh, El Salvador did. However, uh, they still have uh, they still have some things that they need to do. Uh, and this uh, basically they still have uh, this is also in correlation with Russia having recently legalized uh, um, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I don't necessarily think this is going to have a major impact on price because of all the things that are layered on top of it. Uh, and then, of course, we've got um, uh, President Biden is issuing an executive order. Well, what is this executive order really? Well, looking at these bullet points, the key takeaways. Well, President Biden is expected to issue an executive order 
for government agencies to study cryptocurrency. Oh, wow. So that is absolutely- Giving them homework. That's terrifying. That is, yeah, essentially there's nothing to be done here. That's not, it's, it's the only reason we bring it up is because so many people are going to be asking about this executive order and how it's going to affect the market. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, Jeb, how, what you're thinking, two questions, Jeb, what you're thinking about, uh, you know, this, this is, is this posturing from, from our government even having a headline like this when it's a nothing burger? And then next thing I wanted to ask was, to Tim, what does he think about this news with uh, Russia and Ukraine uh, legalizing Bitcoin? To be honest with you, I would be surprised if this executive order was the uh, United States federal government and, and Biden's administration trying to like take a shot across the bow at cryptocurrency. I don't think that's really what this is. I think th- I don't want to read into this too much because an executive order for different agencies to study Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is such a nothing burger that it's kind of like what could they possibly be doing bad? What could they possibly be doing nefarious if literally all that's in it? And now we haven't seen it yet. So there could be something buried in there and they're trying to sneak something in. Politicians love doing that in different bills. <clears throat> America Competes Act, trying to give uh, uh, Janet Yellen full power to ban any currency, any asset class that she wants, trying to sneak that in. Um, I really don't think that they're trying to sneak anything in here. I think they're literally just telling people, the different government agencies, hey, study this. A lot of people are going to say, oh my gosh, Biden's coming out with an executive order on Bitcoin. He must be trying to ban it. He must hate Bitcoin. He might think that, but that's not what this is, and we don't want to overblow a news story. I think it's very important that, especially in a time like this, we don't let FUD drive us because that's what all of the news is lately. It's either bullish and factual or it's FUD and non-factual and non-relevant. That's what we're looking at right now. You might look at the news landscape and say, man, the news landscape's all kind of haywire and crazy right now. It's actually not. The news landscape, the, the, the only news that's impacting Bitcoin right now is bullish news or news that does have has nothing to do with Bitcoin that people are trying to construe as if it does have something to do with Bitcoin and saying, hey, this is a terrible thing for Bitcoin. And it's just not. The same thing with this Russia-Ukraine story, same thing with interest rates potentially going up. It doesn't have an impact on Bitcoin. That's an excellent point. It just doesn't. Yeah. The only news that has an impact on Bitcoin is bullish news right now. And that's what we're trying to show you guys is yes, Bitcoin's in a downtrend. Yes, I see Bitcoin sitting at $39,700. We're going to look at that here in just a second. I am fully aware that that's happening. Nothing major is going on that you're not going to be able to wait five minutes for. My point is don't get caught up on the bearish news story. They want you to be scared. Who is they? Everybody who's a whale who understands the way this market works and understands that if they buy at 40,000, they'll get to sell at 160,000 here in the next two years. Don't get freaked out, but do hit the like button. Let's see if we can get to 750 likes. See what it did there? Tim, take it away. You know, uh, you know when you're in school and you have to write like a 10,000 word paper oh, and you have no idea how to get that 10,000 words. So you start just throwing random stuff in there. I think that the White House and news medias, they know they need to say things. Yeah. Uh, so they they probably have little meetings and they're like, what can we say this week that actually we week? people might hang to? Nothing they've said has meant anything in the last like two months. Yep. It's always, well, we're going to do this later. Or we're going to talk about I'd say more like in the last or, two decades. <laughs> it, it, I, I just, I think it's funny because I saw a comment yesterday from somebody saying like, oh, we need to wait for next week because I think the day before that executive order, there's gonna be a massive dip. And the truth is they might actually be right. And it's because people fall for it, but they're not even, this is like the pitcher in a baseball game yelling at the batter, we're about to throw a curveball. <laughs> it's not effective anymore. The article, they're literally publicly said, what we're talking about here in a week is we're going to tell people, what's the point of the executive order actually? Yeah, that, we that's already for said, real. We're say- Hey, Congress and Senate, you guys go ahead. Hey, you and guys, go studying. look at this. Uh, go uh, go, you know do, go do some homework. It's, it's, 
It's an executive order that's saying, hey, it's actually bullish. If you think about it, it's we need to be taking this seriously. We that's need to true. look into this. This is a real thing. Yeah, but but yeah. what's the point of ha- okay, what's the point of going live next week to say what we already know he's going to say? He's going to exec- he's going to get up there in front of a podium. He's going to have his microphone with the cameras on him and say, "I am creating an executive order that we will start studying crypto." Yay. End of speech. Fill out the 10,000 words. Drop. Hopefully we get at least a C on the paper. People <laughs> watch the news for it. So that we have some form of entertainment. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. That's pretty funny. So uh, that's my take. Let me ask you this, Tim. What are you thinking about this whole interest rate thing? Because the article that Kelly mentioned, there's a very interesting uh, segment in here. It's a quote. It says, crypto is a, still a relatively small market. And so things like the federal funds rate being at 1.25% versus 0% doesn't make a huge, huge difference for something that's growing four to five times year over year. Especially if you look at stuff like DeFi, where it's already trading at fairly cheap multiples. How big of an impact do you think quarter percent changes in the federal funds rate really makes? Because the Fed's come out and said, hey, we could see three uh, interest rate hikes this year. That would be uh, from, I think we're at 0.25 right now, all the way up to 1%. How big of an impact would that actually have on Bitcoin? Would we see, uh, you know, uh, savings flight coming out of the U.S. dollar towards Bitcoin because of that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what, how to even read that one because I think that the 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 – the whole government is just going to continuously push the can down the road. They've done it already. They're saying we're going to reconvene, but they know if they do something that affects the economy poorly, which they're already doing, but if they make it even worse, that people are going to get angry with them. They don't want to be disliked. They so badly want to be liked that they're going to continue to push the can down the road until there probably is some form of a blow up. So I think they might, you know, they, they did the point. They're going to do the 0.25. I don't know how significant it's going to be. We're going to continue to get the dollar inflated. I think is good long term for crypto and Bitcoin. I think people's eyes are being opened to the fact of like, oh, my gosh, the U.S. dollar is just absolutely <laughs> dying every single day. Uh, I need to go ahead and get out of this. The fact that we see other countries like Ukraine, like Russia, we are already have El Salvador making legal tender out of Bitcoin. We see countries, we see states pushing towards Bitcoin. I think people is not that long. You know, actually, a short story. I just got a dog here a couple months ago. I got a little puppy uh, from this family out in the country, and I was telling them what I did. I told them I work for this company. We teach people about crypto, about Bitcoin. He went on a 20-minute rant telling me why Bitcoin was the worst thing ever, and it can be hacked, and I can't trust it whatsoever. Guess what he did this last weekend? I get a phone call from him saying, hey, man, I remember that you talked about Bitcoin. I would really like to reach out to you and ask some questions about how I could get invested. (laughs) That's so funny. People's eyes are being opened. And and I I we I can't wait. I said this yesterday that we said the day before. Bitcoin's an unstoppable train. We've said it before. We'll say it again. We'll say it many more times after this. It's an unstoppable train. Tim, when you were you know our microchurch leader, you used to go around Santa Fe campus, going around you know preaching the gospel, and just literally anybody who would give you the time of day, you go up and tell them about Jesus. How do you what, what, what from your evangelical past? How do you use that when you're teaching people about Bitcoin? Because it's kind of similar. Now I'm not comparing Bitcoin to the gospel. There's a big difference there. But as far as the way that you bring up that conversation what are some similarities and lessons we can take away from that hope i mean here this is the at the end of the day you cannot change anyone's mind who doesn't think that they're in trouble so if people Mm, don't think they're in trouble that's there's nothing you can say If, if people don't know the weight of sin What's the point of telling them? What's the significance of Jesus dying on the cross? If people don't understand the death and the the horrible nature of the U.S. dollar, what's the point in explaining to them a hedge against it? 
Mm. It's when they understand and wake up and realize, oh my gosh, my money is going down the gutter. What can I do? And that's what I've said before on the show is that up to this point, up until more recently, everyone kind of realized the US dollar was going down the tubes. There was just no other solution. So it's like, all right, I'll just ride this train. There's actually hope now in the same way that people for the ever since existence understood that humans had problems and needed a savior until Jesus actually came and died on the cross. There was no hope. Now there's hope in the same way. And again, I don't want to compare it too nicely, but in the same way, there was no hope for a dying US dollar until Bitcoin. Now there's hope. And so that's, I think, why we're going to see a lot of people flooding towards it. I think you can boil it all down to one word, and that word is contrast. The contrast between the dying US dollar and between the resurgent, not resurgent, the the, the phoenix that is Bitcoin that comes to life every every time a bear market uh, comes out. uh, We come out of a bear market and go into a bull market. I think that contrast is really important because when people see the US dollar is getting hyperinflated, I'm just going to say it, we are getting into that territory of hyperinflation. When you see the dollar having half of its supply printed in a year, that's how you start hyperinflation. That's also, I believe Warren Buffett said this recently. It might have been, no, I think it might have been Elon Musk. I forgot who it was. They said hyperinflation is how democracies die. I agree with that statement. Um, and people say, okay, well, I don't want our democracy to die. I want our nation to be so, to, to, to survive and to be strong. Guess what they're going to do? They are going to turn to the part, to the, uh, the entity or the solution to that. And they're going to say, Bitcoin was created for this problem. It comes in and it saves us from the US dollar. And we're also going to be looking at how the rest of cryptocurrency does just that. So guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get up to 750 likes here in the next little bit. Let's go ahead and read a couple of super chats. Let's see what we got. Any- Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can go ahead. I forgot. I forgot you were doing it today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who? There's a picture. I can see a picture here. Was that you, Kelly? That do a, a picture yeah. in the chat thing? No, I just say, yeah, I do a screenshot, right? Dude, that's awesome. Retyping it in. No, usually Taylor just copy baby. and paste stuff. All right. We have one from, and I think it's only one. It's Nate LA saying, appreciate <coughs> you guys. DCA into ADA, Matic, ETH, Bitcoin, and Link for the next few years. IYO. What does IYO stand for? Um, It's a good strategy. Yes. I Maybe he didn't mean why. Maybe he, maybe he meant I to say MO, in my opinion. In your, in your opinion. In your opinion, is this good? Oh, it's a oh, question. In your There's no opinion, question mark. is this a good strategy? Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. What Dollar do you think? Cost average into ADA, Matic, ETH, Bitcoin, and Link for the next few years. I think that's amazing. I would say. I would personally ask yourself two questions. What's your risk tolerance and what's your time horizon? How long are you planning on holding these investments? Is it going to be five years, 10 years, one year, 18 months, two years, 20 years? How long are you planning on holding it? Because that is going to give you a lot of information as to whether or not you want to invest in something. Because you might see Matic pop off in five years and you might see Link pop off in two years. You might see ADA pop off in 18 months. Uh, But depending on your time horizon, that's going to impact what kind of project you're looking at, especially if you're looking at a project that you don't believe in long term, but you think has the potential over the next 12 months. You might think that about a Dogecoin or a Shiba Inu. You might think, okay, there's opportunity here in three months, but I don't want to hold that long term. So ask yourself, what's your time horizon? As far as the risk tolerance, ask yourself, hey, uh, you know, Matic, Link, uh, ADA, these are slightly more risky projects than Bitcoin and Ethereum because Bitcoin and Ethereum have a larger market capitalization. They've been around longer. They have larger user bases. So you're going to ask yourself the question, how much of the dollar cost averaging every week do I want to put into ADA, Matic, and Link versus how much do I want to put into ETH and BTC? really comes down to belief. It really comes down to what you believe you want to risk moving into that. So I personally keep about 80 to 90% of my portfolio in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano because I fully, firmly believe in all three of those projects. 
I do think that you're going to see a lot of competition between ETH and ADA, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Competition is very healthy. I don't think either one is going to outcompete the other and just kill the other project. I think they're both going to grow in tandem. So that's how I would look at that. I do hold Matic and I do hold Link. I have both Polygon and Chainlink. I think they're both great projects. I personally keep them a little bit lower because in theory, Another project could come along and replace bo what both of those projects do. It would be virtually impossible to come along and replace what ADA has done with their 300 research papers and their, you know, 10,000 people working on the project. It'd be virtually impossible to replace Ethereum and virtually impossible to replace Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin, ADA, and uh, Ethereum, in my humble opinion, are the first three blue chip cryptocurrencies that we have ever seen. You could make an argument about XRP, but I personally wouldn't make that argument. So that's my take on that. Tim, what's your take? And then we're going to jump into some Bitcoin TA. On XRP? Uh, no, on the Ethereum. His strategy with dollar cost averaging and oh, okay. any, any non-financial advice. Make sure I was good in the chat. Uh, it was good. I think anyone's strategy who's done their research and understands. I have nothing against any of those projects. I'm in a lot of them. I'm not, I don't think I was in all of them, but I for sure. I, I made a post yesterday. I I, I just bought another seven thousand uh, ADA last night. Oh wow, good uh, for you. dang I, man. And I think the price is down. So technically speaking, that buy I bought it one oh one. So right now Cardano's. Oh, I'm back up to even. I think it went down to a dollar for a second. It's okay. I, I, it's okay for the longevity, for the long haul. I love what I'm seeing at Herdano. Some of you hate that. Uh, I, I am for sure. I have my two different accounts. I have my trading portfolio and I have my investment portfolio. What I added to last night was my investment portfolio. It doesn't matter. I think Cardano's in a good spot, but if we go down a little bit, if we go down to 80 cents, who cares? Here in a couple of years, it's going to be way up. Uh, I didn't invest in Cardano for trading portfolio yet because I'm not convinced yet for that, but investing, I love it. Matic, I love Matic as well. I think you talked about Ethereum, Matic. Uh, Link, Bitcoin. Bitcoin Link. I like Link too, but I have not added Link to my investment just yet. It is in my trading Link. portfolio. I have some Link. I'm pretty far down on my Link because I bought it for like five years, so yeah. I don't really care where I bought it. I just kind of was like, I was like one day, huh, this is some great tech. I really like this. I went and bought it. I didn't even look at the market. I just bought it because I knew I was going to go up. So, guys, with that I'd, said, I'd, I'd, go I'd, ahead. I'd love to say one thing, though, too. Uh, you know, on the, on the spaces we had last night, we had... Uh, I think seven different pa uh, panel uh, people on the d discussion and all of them in their own right are absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I would refer to them as crypto experts. And I asked, I posed a question, if you could only hold four coins in your portfolio, like for whatever reason that would ever happen, but you could only hold four, what would they be? And I was surprised every single person on the panel had a different, uh, you know, four, four coins that they recommended. I was going to say, I, I think everybody had different. Every, yeah. every single one of them had Bitcoin. Every single one of them, even the mm. super altcoin guy that I had on there. But I'm talking, I mean, every single one, some of uh, two or three of them were really big on making sure that you have an exchange token in there. Mm. Uh, some and other people, I mean, Dan from Crypto Capital Venture, of course, was, oh, he was I think there? every, uh, yeah, every coin that he had on there other than Bitcoin was uh, you know, Cardano projects, yeah. uh, of course, because he, yeah, you know, he's very big on, but uh, yeah, it's, it, but the, the point here is, uh, that's one of the reasons why we love doing this channel and uh, and sharing the, sharing the info that we share because we don't want to tell you what coins or what projects to pick. We wanted to help teach you how to go through thinking about these projects and why you would pick something or even a trade, why you would pick the entry and how you do pick the exit. So really, uh, I mean, I think all the coins that you you listed uh, in the super chat were excellent. Uh, but ask yourself, am I passionate about the projects that these that these coins yeah. are? Well, attacking? let's ask ourselves that. Tim, what would your four be? And also, chat, we want to hear you weigh in. What are your four projects, if you could only invest in four forever, yeah. what would the four be? Tell I mean, what would yours the, be? E the top three are easy: Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then, so the fourth one is the one I'm, I'm kind of on the on the fence about. Uh, I really like what I'm seeing in Link, Avax, and Dot, and I'm I'm. <sighs> 
Maddox good too. I don't know though. That's a hard one to choose out of those. Which one I would put? It's so. It, it's. I think it's too early to call it on those ones. I do think Ethereum, and Cardano, and Bitcoin will still be here for a longevity. It's that fourth one that I'm a little bit. Yeah, I would do. I would do Bitcoin. Yet. And I would actually, I would take a little bit more of a risk and go with AVAX instead of Ethereum just because of the really? multi-chain nature. And then because That's there's so many projects and there's such a broad ecosystem, I would, I can't, I can't imagine that an interoperability token wouldn't be a major player in the future. Yeah. So I would go with Polkadot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last one I would, I would either go uh, with, uh, I, I would really like to have uh, Cardano in my, in, in, in my folder as well. Uh, so probably Cardano. I think I would, would be the that I would do. I think I would go Bitcoin, Cardano, Luna, and Dot. And the reason is, is because I get a really powerful layer one cryptocurrency, which is Bitcoin. I get a really powerful layer one um, uh, crypto protocol with a decentralized application functionality, Cardano. I get uh, Luna, which I do believe is going to be the future of stable coins. I think a lot of these stable coins mm -hmm. are going to get regulated into Fair oblivion. Yeah, and you're going to see Luna be the project that takes over in that or something similar. And then I'd say Dot, because like you said, Dot's going to be the under is going to be the underlying architecture uh, like an IPv6 or whatever it is in the in the in the internet that's going to kind of tie all that together. And if Polkadot does manage to succeed at being an interoperability blockchain, which is already moving in that direction, then we're going to see that project explode. So I think those would be my four. It's really weird not saying Ethereum, but I think if I had to choose between Cardano or Ethereum, I think I would choose Cardano if I was forced to pick one. Tim, let me ask you this, and then we're going to run into, and then we're going to run into TA. If you were forced to pick between Ethereum and Cardano, you could only invest in one. What would it be? It's Cardano, and yeah. it's not because I think Ethereum is going to go anywhere. I think. Cardano has a, a better upside. I think it's lower in terms of what it'll eventually be. And I, again, there's also that concept of, let's say Ethereum did outpace Cardano. I would still pick Cardano because I love what that team is working on. I love the purpose, the passion, and that's the kind of company I want to invest in. Uh, and that's kind of what you're doing when, you, when you're buying is you're kind of investing in that project's ability to, to expand. Uh, yeah, you definitely are. So I, 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 I would choose Cardano. Absolutely. Well, guys, let's go ahead and jump into some technical analysis really quickly before we do. I want to read a, ch a question that we're going to answer here in a little bit. Milad Safi said, hi, Crypto Jeb. I probably just butchered that. Said, hi, Crypto Jeb. I have about $500. I have no job, no savings. What should I do with this amount in the cryptocurrency space to make a living? Please guide me. I will give you my opinion on that after some technical analysis. I see your question, my friend. Tim, remind me to answer that. Yeah. But before we get to it, let's go ahead and jump into some Bitcoin technical analysis. As you guys know, there's been some price action overnight. Bitcoin was trading up at $44,500 just a couple of days ago, but it's undergone a pretty major drop. In doing so, we have set a new downtrend, a shorter term downtrend in motion. Now we're in a downtrend right here. I would say we're still in an overall uptrend though, ever since January the 22nd. And the reason is we have not come down and started invalidating these levels of support like $36,000. I would say we're still in a general uptrend, but we are in a shorter term downtrend. So general uptrend, shorter term downtrend. <coughs> you could say that this is the primary uptrend and then this is the secondary downtrend to kind of label those two. And the thing that we're looking at here is where is Bitcoin going to bounce? There's a couple different levels of support I want to show you. Namely, we have a downtrending level of support right here, as you can see. And then we also have a level of support that's uptrending right here, as you can see. And both of those are giving us support right here around the $40,000 region. We can also go ahead and draw a flat level of support at $40,000 because $40,000 is a big even. And right now we can see that the bulls are buying the dip like crazy. We are seeing a major resurgence of price action. Mm -hmm. Price action. We're up a thousand dollars in the last ten minutes. Tim, why do you think we're seeing such a major bounce? So I, I, I talked about this actually. Uh, it's actually this is kind of scary. How I didn't I didn't know I was going to be that accurate. I I said look for that region of thirty nine seven. 
to uh, to thirty to forty thousand seven for another bottom. But I didn't like when we bottomed out over here. So I, Jack, you can go on my chart real quick. Uh, I didn't like this little this little bottom right here at only forty one forty two thousand. A lot of people thought that was the right shoulder of this inverse head and shoulders pattern. I didn't like it even as we were climbing here and people were saying, Tim, what are you saying? I said, guys, I think we're going down again. I I think we need to hit at least a little bit below 40,000. And sure enough, this is there. Now, I want to, I want to, I want to clarify another thing that I said that I think has been outdated. I don't think it's going to happen, but earlier back when we were, you know, right here in early February, I thought we were going to come back down and set a lower, a candle on the daily chart, lower than uh, 35,000. I thought we were going to happen. That could still happen. That is for sure in the cards. We could see the price have a fake rally here and come down. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I want you guys to know that that is a potential. And the reason why I think that's a potential is if I go back over here to the summertime, we had the same type of feeling that we're in right now when we started rallying right here. We started pressing up over 40,000. People thought we were out of the woods and sure enough, we dropped back down and came low below 30,000 again. So it's not a guarantee. There's some things that are different on the charts that would invalidate this and say we don't have to go down again. However, if we did, it would set up the bullish daily RSI divergence that has been ridiculously phenomenal at calling the bottom of downtrends. Uh, it also would give a lot of institutions amazing buy spots to encourage them even more so to get in and could see not just a short spring, but a very explosive uh, vertical spring that would that would send us back to 50 very quickly. So I don't even think it's bad to go to the lower 30s. I'm just looking at the charts and saying we definitely don't need to, but I did think, I did think that we needed to hit down below 40,000. And sure enough, that's exactly what we did. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what did happen. If we take a look here on my screen, we can actually see that there were quite a lot of longs that were liquidated a couple of days ago back on the 7th or yesterday on the 17th. We had a bit of a long squeeze that happened down here and dropped the price action of Bitcoin. And ever since we've seen that, Bitcoin has actually set, as Tim talked about, some bullish RSI divergence in motion. We have a downtrending level of support right here on the price action, uptrending level of support right here on the RSI. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is actually very bullish because whenever we see bullish RSI divergence, it normally plays out. Tim has shown you in a video recently just how powerful that bullish RSI divergence is. But the interesting thing out here on the daily chart is that we've actually seen a strong sell signal come in on Lux Algo. Now, this is not confirmed because we still have green trend catcher, but it's not just a strong sell signal. We actually are also seeing Lux Oscillator turning red. So that does mean that we have two of three confirmations that we are potentially about to end this uptrend. Tim, I don't think that the uptrend is about to end, but I would love to hear your take on what Lux, Al what Lux Algo is saying here and why we have a sell signal coming in. Well, so on the daily chart there for sure is is confusion there. We, we said this before, what you're wanting to see is the green trend catcher, a buy signal and a green candle. We got all three of those, but very briefly that we have that one green candle. Now we have a red one. But when you do back analysis on Lux Algo, what you will find is if you are in a downtrend, the uh, the buy signals are very short lived. The sell signals are very long lived. They, they last for a while. When you're in uptrend, it's the reverse. You actually see buy signals last for a while longer. And then these strong like the stronger sell signals, they, they flash. And then ended up kind of not really doing much before it reverses the upside. I'm in the opinion that Lux Algo is is 
gonna sh we're actually gonna see that green trend catcher stay green. We're gonna start building some purple candles because that red candle just kind of cancels out that green one. And, and we're gonna see it continue to be indecisive here for a couple more days, if not a week or two, before we actually see um, up, upward tick and movement. But I do believe we're in an uptick. I do believe that even Luxago, if you go to the shorter channels, uh, you know, this is where you're gonna see the strong signal actually play out that potentially on the four hourly and one hourly chart, we have a small term downtrend, but in an overall bigger time frame on the daily chart, nothing I have seen has canceled out my opinion that we are in a long term upward movement. Uh, that was the other thing I was gonna say. Sorry, four hourly chart. The reason why I think that we're about to reverse also is we came down here, we're sitting right at that reversal zone. Historically, when we hit those reversal zones, the, the change in direction is coming very soon. My point was on the daily chart that j one red candle is not enough to cancel out and say, guys, we're going back down. Absolutely. That's a part of an up. That's a part of an uptick. And I, I, I have not seen anything change my mind on the fact that we're in an uptick. I just said we needed to retrace, set up that inverse head and shoulders pattern properly. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. We're in a bull market. Change my mind. That's what I would say. Guys, I, the thing, the reason I bring that up is because, yes, on the daily chart, we see that this strong sell signal just came in. One, it's not valid because it's not had a red trend catcher yet. Two, even if it did, well, whoop-de-doo. I told you guys two weeks ago that I want to see seven to ten days of the same signal before I really give it any credence. And three, if you look on the two-daily chart, we actually do have a confirmed uptrend on Bitcoin. So we're zooming out, getting more perspective here. And let's do some historical analysis on what this looks like. I'm going to show you the only confirmed uptrends, um, uh, the only confirmed buy signals on Bitcoin in the last two years on the two-daily chart for Lux Algo. You want to see them? Here they are. These are the only, and I mean literally are you, the are only. Are you doing it on the regular candles or I'm on the I'm doing it on regular candles. Yeah. On regular yeah. candlesticks, we are looking at the two daily chart Lux Algo setup. This is not important because this sell signal was not confirmed. So these don't count. This was a proper sell signal, so that does count. Then both of these count. This was invalid, which makes that invalid. This was valid, which makes that valid. This was valid. This was valid. This was valid. And this is valid. The reason that these are invalid is because this was not a confirmed sell signal, and neither was this. We did not have trend catcher turn red. So that's why I'm Xing those out. If you look at the confirmed buy signals, we have one here. We saw Bitcoin until the next sell signal. I'm literally going to just delete all of this drawing I just did. Until the next sell signal, let's see how well these work. So we actually had the confirmation come in on the April April the 26th, even though the buy signal was on April the 2nd. If we just go ahead and draw until we saw the sell signal, we saw Bitcoin rally 268 days, up 385% the last time this happened. If we look at the next time we saw a buy signal until the sell signal, uh, until the next confirmed sell signal, excuse me, we saw Bitcoin rally 57% in 90 days. Over here, we saw Bitcoin rally until the sell signal 26% in 48 days. Over here, from the confirmed buy signal to the confirmed sell signal, we saw 43% in 48 days. And so far, we have seen Bitcoin rally ever since this was confirmed. It's actually down 7%. So there's a lot of room to go here just based on the historical analysis. You could go back throughout all time on Bitcoin and you would find the two daily chart, Lux Algo's signals, using the strategy that I came up with, using the confirmations to weed out the false signals, using trend catcher, Lux Oscillator, and Lux Algo's buy and sell signals, it is a virtually perfect indicator of going up or down, especially when you're in a bull market and you're looking at buy signals or when you're in a bear market and you're looking at sell signals. So Tim, let me ask you this. How much stock do you put in the two daily chart considering, how, um, uh, considering its efficacy over the last 
10 years of price action on Bitcoin. Are you are you specifically talking about Lux Algo or are you just talking about in general? Lux Algo on the two daily chart. I haven't done a lot of back analysis on the two daily chart, so I don't know if I can give I don't know if I can give too much of a take on that. Here's here's what I will say that I love about the two daily chart is it just starts to be a bridge between the daily and the weekly. That's a big gap between the daily it chart is. and the weekly gap. So I love I mean, I don't know if they can even see on my screen. It, I have saved settings. I, I go one hourly, two hourly, four hourly, eight hourly, 12 hourly. Don't use 12 hourly that often, but I love that four hourly giving me a gap between the four and the, and the daily. Then I have two daily, three daily, and then I go to weekly. And, I, and what I love using that two daily for is it it, give, it really helps me out when I've seen things happen on the daily chart, but I haven't seen it happen on the weekly or vice versa. I'm seeing the weekly chart say it's time to, ch to change direction, but sometimes that'll call it way earlier than it actually happened. So then I like to go down and see the daily chart, but just in case I like seeing the middles. Um, so now you can go off my screen now, Zach. Uh, I, I cannot answer the Lux Algo question, but what I can say is I love what I see on the two daily chart to give me a clearer picture when I'm having some gaps between daily and weekly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that two daily and three daily chart is a really very important part of this market. But Kelly, let me ask you this. What What is the overarching theme of the last three weeks of price action on Bitcoin? Do you think that we're formally out of the secondary downtrend that we started on November 10th? It was a great day for Bitcoin. We hit $69,000. Bitcoin went into a major downtrend. Do you think that we've actually reversed that and we've confirmed an uptrend and this is just a small down, uh, downward movement that we're seeing in the last two days? Or have we never actually exited that November 10th downtrend in the first place? Well, to tell you the truth, what I think where I think we're at right now is literally sitting on the bench of decision. And I'm going to show you on my chart here. I'm looking at the three daily. And as you see here coming down this portion right here, this is this is a downtrend that we've been in. Right. Uh, but we, we formed a bottom or a local bottom right here. And depending on what we do right here will determine everything, because the thing you need to really consider when you're looking for a trend change is you want you want a, a, a local bottom. You get a, a new higher high right? And a new lower, a new higher low. And so right now we're sitting right there on the edge of that. Uh, but it, the, the thing I wanted to point out here is that the, on the three daily on market cipher, we are having the VWAP come down. We're having a red dot on the momentum showing that that might come down. We still have a green dot on the weekly, right? But it is starting to arc as well. But if we come down here onto like, a, for instance, the four hour, this major trend that we were looking at, if we look again on the daily, right? This is major, uh, this, this support that we have. Do you down on the four hour and really if we come down to like the one hour you can see we came down and what we just did ho hopefully we'll tap through this but we're we're fighting resistance right here uh basically which was support we were fighting this as resistance now and then we have the support line as well so we, we're, we're 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 if we get rejected here then we might have a little bit lower to go uh and in addition to that if i go back on let's say the three hour let's do fib retracement from uh it's actually two, uh, two hour uh right here boom pull this up we literally are just basically bouncing right off the, the 618 of this uh, retracement but in addition to that you know i was looking at some on-chain data yesterday and it shows that you know we've had this uptrend in accumulation this is not price action this is accumulation and we're actually starting to round a bit we're plateauing and price action obviously is, is having a it's everything right now is literally sitting on a nice edge about what direction the market's going to go are we going to continue into an uptrend or are we going to go into a downtrend but at the end of the day I just want to show a tweet that you did yesterday for everybody else. What side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be the millionaire with 
worth a house and the Bitcoiner only has one Bitcoin. The millionaire has a less of a house. Uh, Bitcoiner, you know, he's still accumulating. Millionaire in 2030, his house is now falling apart. Bitcoiner is having a nicer house. Or in 2040, the billionaire, uh, the uh, the millionaire basically is now looking at the billionaire, uh, the, the Bitcoiner in their castle. So that's kind of what's happening. As, as And you talked about this a bit on the, this, this is what you talked a bit about also when we're talking about the dollar or traditional markets versus Bitcoin. Also, how interest rates are going to affect traditional markets versus Bitcoin. It all comes down to that. What side of history do you want to be on? The side of where we're going or, you know, where we've been, right? We want to, we want to, we want to invest in the future. And uh, right now we're still on the determining factor of this small trend that we're in, but in the grander aspect, we're in an uptrend all the way. We're just trying to determine here where we're going to be in the next month or so. Yeah. And I think that FTX ad that they did at the Super Bowl with Larry David, where they were like, funny. Hey, look, I have this new wheel thing. What are you going to do? Roll around with it? You know, making fun of all the new technology. A light bulb. Does your wife know that you're doing all this? It that was that ad summed it up perfectly. That ad is hilarious and gets exactly to the point you're talking about. What side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of history that thought the light bulb was a was a funny joke and like, oh, that's a neat novelty? Do you want to be on the side of history that thinks, oh wow, this fire thing, you're gonna hurt yourself, stupid? Do you want to be on the side of history that said the wheel? What well, we got donkeys, bro. We don't need wheels. What are you talking about? We got an animal that can do all that. You want to be on the side of history that says, hey, look, the dying dollar, that's my thing. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to invest in all of that. And I'm going to lose 20% year over year because we're inflating the hell out of it. Or do you want to be on the side of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which is growing faster than the Internet did? Because thank God we have the Internet for it to grow on. What side of history do you want to be on? It's very simple. If you're trying to evangelize Bitcoin to people, show them that FTX ad. I think that was the I think Coinbase's ad was the best from a business standpoint. I think FTX's ad was the best ad for explaining cryptocurrency to a noob that we have seen in a long time. You might just need to you know, give a little bit more explanation about crypto itself, but it really gets the right idea in people's heads. Go ahead and smash that like button if you haven't already. Let's get to 1,200 likes before before 1020. I know we can do it. We got 3,000 yeah. people watching. Thank you so very much for tuning in to the number one technical analysis show for cryptocurrency on all of YouTube. We go live 930 Eastern every single day. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're posting all kinds of content every single day. We post more than once every single day. Make sure to follow us on our social media at CryptoJeb on Instagram and, tw and uh, Twitter and at CryptoJeb official over on TikTok. Let's go ahead and read some super chats though. We got some amazing ones. We do. We, we got a $100 super chat from Rick also. Yeah. Yard dog. I haven't, I haven't gotten to, I was thinking about him the other day. I hadn't seen him recently in chat. I got to, I got to talk with him on the phone at one point. Love him. He's awesome. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so we'll go in order of what I see here. Yep. Lucas Jaskolski uh, said, what do you think about Phantom? Well, I actually interviewed the founder of Phantom about a month ago. His name is Michael Kong. We have that interview up on the channel. If you want to go back and watch that, you should. Look, when you're looking at an altcoin to invest in, there's really about... I'd say three thing, three major things that we need to look into. This is not a hard and fast rule, but there's three major things you need to look into. One, you need to look into the leadership. I think that's most important. I think above the other two is leadership. Um, number two, you need to look into the technology and the uh, uh, product market fit. So in business, there's a concept called product market fit. It's how well does your product solve the need of the customer? That's literally the definition of product market fit. The need of the customer that the customer demands, how well does your product solve that? And then the third thing I'd say is community. The leadership, product market fit, and tech, uh, product market fit slash technology that leads to that product market fit, and then the community. 
the phantom community is growing very quickly. It saw like 10,000 active addresses a year ago. Now it's at like 1.2 million. So the community, you can't deny, is growing fast. Product market fit, it seems to be doing a good job in that aspect. I don't claim to be an expert in it. But as I said, leadership, I think, is the most important part. I found Michael Kong to be a very intelligent, very humble man. And that gives me a lot of confidence in the phantom project. It really did seem like he was trying to help people. He wasn't trying to enrich himself. He really was trying to just help the world with some new technology. And just so you guys know, I need to say this again because sometimes people don't understand this. We never take coin sponsorships. I was never yeah. paid to interview Charles Hoskinson or Michael Kong of Phantom. I just find them to be interesting projects and interesting people. We have been offered plenty of coin sponsorships. We never once have ever <laughs> taken one or even entertained it because we need to remain unbiased so that you can trust our judgment when we're doing technical analysis. Just want to give you that disclaimer as far as Phantom is concerned, though. I think it's a great project, but I also think that it has a lot of catching up to do if it wants to be able to compete with the likes of Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, Ethereum and Cardano. Absolutely. Yeah, so Rick4962, so we're going to his $100 donation said, thank you for all the hard work and dedication to help everyone. Man, thank you so much, Yard Dog. Thank you so very much for your continued support. We love the awesome community that we have. We are a community-based channel. We're not just trying to make content that gets a bunch of views. We want to make content that helps you. That's what we want to do. We want to make content that genuinely helps you. We want to foster a community mm -hmm. where we come together as a family and we say, how do we make financial sovereignty for ourselves? How do we take control back of our finances, both the amount of money that we have so that we're able to pay for things that we need, and also take back control of the financial systems that may have been trying to control us when really the financial system should be the things that we are controlling. As uh, I forgot who it was, but I quoted them on Twitter yesterday. They said, actually, I'll show it right here. Uh, uh, Jake Roth, it was uh, Agent Gold. That's his name. He's probably in chat right now. He said, money is a great servant and a terrible master. Let's get on the right side of that relationship. Hashtag Fensov. I absolutely think that is the way to look at it. So thank you very much for that donation, my friend. Uh, Elliot Locke said, you guys use Ledger, I think. I'm having trouble finding AVAX being supported on it. Is it slash also can your can you give your opinions on the best hot and cold wallets everyone hit those likes coffee on me oh well thank you so much for the coffee i'm definitely going to need some of that here in a minute um so Yes, Ledger products are phenomenal. I've used them many times in the past. I think that if you're looking for cold wallets, I do think that Ledger is the best cold wallet you're going to get. I've heard good things about Trezor. I've never personally used Trezor, so I'm not knocking it. I just haven't got any, I just don't have any experience with it. In fact, I forgot about this. We haven't talked about it in a year, but we actually have a Ledger affiliate link down below. If you want to sign up for, if you want to buy a Ledger product, you can use our affiliate link and you'll help us out. Um, as far as hot wallets, my favorite that I've used is Exodus Wallet. I've used that since day one. I actually made a video on it over four years ago and I made it in the thumbnail. It was like, the Exodus going through the Red Sea. It was really funny. I thought it, I thought it was a clever thumbnail. Exodus Wallet is what I personally have used. I can. Uh, um, it's always been very secure. I, I enjoy Exodus Wallet. I don't have any affiliate link with them, but those would be my two picks there. Hmm. Also, of course, if you're working with, you know, ERC-20 and everything, MetaMask is great as well. But also with AVAX, if you are having issues on your ledger, just go to the support, support.ledger.com. They, they help you walk. They yep. basically help walk you through the, the, you just really need to make sure it's installed properly yep. on there and that you're sending the right chain to, to the coin or yep. to the, to the wallet. Uh, Mr. Ether Robert Warner said, start a super chat train, donate one or $2 more, everyone. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, start yeah, a super chat could. train. We would love a super chat train. Thank uh, you, guys. I just want, no pressure. Like, we we enjoy everything you guys do. We try to get to as much questions as possible. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want to support the channel, if you love what we're doing here, and you want to give a super chat, uh, we very much appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, crypto or, or, or just become a member. Yeah. Or a member. Any, you know, Join the membership. Or just uh, subscribe. Subscribe. Know? 
Uh, crypto and your viewership is love too. Said, do you guys think Binance? Uh, do you guys use Binance for trading or another site? <coughs> Thank you. Binance is a great platform. I personally don't do a ton of day trading anymore. I actually don't do a whole lot of it at all. I'm mostly an investor at this point. I've told you guys this plenty of times. Um, so I'm not as much in the trading game as I used to be. So I'll actually let Kelly answer that question. Kelly, what have you been working on a lot? I know you're still doing a lot of active trading. Yeah, Binance is, is a great uh, platform, but uh, I mean, I also like KuCoins quite is quite a lot. Uh, Coinbase Pro, if you're going to use Coinbase, just for anybody that know anybody that's wondering, uh, like the barrier to entry there, there's no barrier to entry between Coinbase and Coinbase Pro. The only difference is you're going to pro.coinbase.com. And you basically, because you get to be a market maker by basically putting in your trade entries and exits, rather than just saying buy or sell as you do on just a Coinbase app, you end up, you pay, it ends up costing less because you pay a little bit of a premium on uh, just Coinbase. But yep. Coinbase Pro, just standard is solid. Binance, great. KuCoin's great. Kraken's even great. Uh, and if you're going to uh, try to, if, you, if you're participating in derivatives and leverage, uh, one, make sure that you have the skill level to do so. But two, uh, really, really make sure that you're trading very, very, very risk management safe. Uh, yeah. But, you you know, Bybit and Phoenix are, are the ones that you do for that. And th those would be the two that I'd recommend the most out of any of those platforms. Best thing I can tell you on leverage trading is if you think you're ready, give it another year. That's yep. the best advice I can give you on that. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yep. We have last two here. So one one came in from Sarmad Ar Admin. I'm in. Sarmad, I'm in. Just want to say thank you. It's like a little emoji there. Aww. Uh, that's nice. And then we have one from Shavong. So Shavong, Shavong has been very active with emailing. So thank you so much for so just going back and forth with us. I've been pronouncing his name wrong. His name, it, Shavong is correct. He he did say, Tim, you got that one right. But it's not goalie, it's Gole. Uh, so Shavon Gole, I hope that's Siobhan what you're talking Gole. about when you say I hope you got the info I sent you. Uh... There you go. There That's you your go. name. Well, we had a question earlier that we were going to answer yes. as well. Do you have that written down, Tim? So that Milad we... Safi said, hi, Crypto Jeb. I have about $500 and I have no job, no savings. What should I do with this amount in crypto space to make a living? Please guide me. So... I'm, I want to start by saying I'm very excited that you're looking at investment. I think it's a very good thing that you're looking at the cryptocurrency markets. I think it's very it's a very good thing that you're looking to um, invest in your education as well as the cryptocurrency space. What I will say, rule number one of investment is you never invest more than you're willing to lose. Yeah. If you don't have a stable income and you don't have any savings, you cannot afford to lose $500. I would not put a single cent into cryptocurrency. What I would do is I would focus most of your time on getting a stable income, even if it's a very low income, just whatever it is. I would focus on getting a stable income. And then from there, use the video that I made about a week ago where I talked about the five priorities of money. There's five priorities and I use my money to trickle down through all five of these and this helps achieve financial sovereignty. Number one, I give my money to God slash ministry slash charity. I'm giving it away and I am uh, sowing into the world. That's what I try to do anyway. I'm still working on getting all that set up. I'm only 21. I'm trying to get all my finances set up in the right orders and everything. There's stuff I'm working on but I think number one is being selfless with your money. Number two is uh, investment. I think investment is very, very key. Number three, I think, is savings. Number four are bills. And number five is recreation. If you invest and use your money in that order, I think you're going to be doing just fine. That being said, if you only have $500 to your name, it's kind of difficult for you to give a lot of your money away. Now, there is a scripture about an old woman coming into the temple, and she gave her two last shekels or cents or whatever to the temple, to God, and to her ministry. And Jesus said she just gave more away than all the rest of these people combined because that's all she had. So there is something to be said about giving faithfully. I'm not saying don't you know be generous even with what little you have. But what I am saying is that you need to be careful about that investment part. You probably have bills to pay. And if you've only got $500, I would make sure that you understand what you're doing with that. And I would make sure that you understand that you need to get an income coming in. Yeah. After you have an income, 
no matter what it is, and you're able to afford to pay your bills and you have a little bit of disposable income, what I would do is I would first and foremost invest in your education. Now, there's two different ways that you can invest in your education. You can either invest with time or you can invest with money that saves you time. I taught myself cryptocurrency markets without buying a course, without spending a penny on it. But here's the problem. It took me three or 4,000 hours of watching YouTube videos and trying to figure it all out on my own and Googling stuff and doing all that. We created CT2A for the sake of shortening that and condensing everything that I learned over 4,000 hours into 16 hours. Now, let me be clear. This is not a sales pitch. CT2A costs $400. You do not need to buy CT2A. I'm telling you right now, do not spend your money on CT2A. You need your $400 more than we do, and you can learn enough on YouTube. What you need to do is you need to find a, a stable source of income Mm -hmm. and then work on investing in your education. If you only have you know, $10 an hour coming in or, or you know, whatever the equivalent of minimum wage is in the, in the country you're from, be very careful about investing money into education. What you should do instead is invest your time into education. Mm -hmm. It takes longer to teach yourself through YouTube. Spending money on a course or a course product is a shortcut. It helps you to understand this stuff. You can learn how to be a neurosurgeon on your own. Just yeah, It's probably take you 40 years and you'll probably screw up and you know, you know, uh, make some we don't pretty bad mistakes. We don't, make, we don't recommend that. We very much recommend yeah. a curriculum and an, and an education. I think education is the best monetary investment you can ever make. I would say make sure that you are having a stable income, that you're able to pay your bills, and after you have some disposable income, because right now you don't have disposable income because you don't have an income, yeah. then you would want to move in that direction. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page because uh, he, he tagged me in the same question and I said exactly the same thing. I said, invest, uh, make sure you find a, a source of income, invest in your education. And if you have anything left and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, detriment your ability to have a roof over your head or eat, uh, the, the, the only thing I would invest in with that amount of money when any pennies would be Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would get into Bitcoin first. It, what I would do is let's say you get a job and you're making 1400 bucks a month and your expenses are 800 bucks a month. You're living in an apartment, you're you, you got a roommate and everything, or you're living at home. I don't know your situation. Then what you could do is you could say, okay, I got 800 bucks a month going out to feed myself and put gas in the car. If you have a car, make a car payment insurance and pay rent, whatever it is, yeah. that's 800 bucks is not going to cover that. So we're just, we're, this is hypothetical. I don't know what, what state you live in for that to happen. If you don't but, have a car, invest in an Uber to go get a job application. Yes, for real. So. Um, <clears throat> what I would say is that let's say you have $600 of disposable income, cut that no more than in a third and say, hey, I can afford to lose maybe 100 bucks. Put 25 bucks a week in, dollar cost average. I would say after you have a disposable income, whatever you have left over the profit, if you will, in your personal finances, dollar cost average with a small percentage of that, maybe 10 to 20%. I'm not a financial advisor. It would be a good idea for you to talk to a financial advisor, but that obviously costs money. So uh, the most important thing you can do is yeah. get some more money than 500 bucks. Now we have a $200 super chat. Yeah, from Rick, Rick Yard Dog again, Rick4962 said thanks again come on guys give whatever you can to help these great people oh thank you so much rick oh hey we just got a two dollar super chat from an og subscriber who i've never been able to pronounce his name correctly evelyn diaz was in the discord server that i founded in february of 2018 wow uh since basically the beginning he was one of the first hundred members i've known you for like four years dude i have not seen your name in a hot minute shout out wow. to you thank you so very much for the two bucks that is so meaningful so good to see you here you've been around the block ever since i was living at home with my dad and i wasn't even 18 years old yet so shout out to you I remember back when I started the started the Discord, and we're going to jump into some TA here in a second, but, you know, it's Friday. We want to chill out a little bit. I remember when I started the Discord server, everybody in the Discord server kept trying to guess how old I was. They all thought I was, like, 35 or 40. And I kept asking them, how old do you think I am? How old do you think I am? How old do you think I am? And I never told them. And I was 17 years old. Everybody, Evelyn, you probably remember that. You can tell them that story in chat. And please 
Correct me on how to pronounce your name. I've never understood how to pronounce your name. Anyway, what we're going to do now is I'm actually going to pass it to Tim to let my poor voice rest a little bit. And Tim, I want you to show us what you are seeing on Ethereum. Can you give us some TA over on that project? Yeah, I mean, we can. It's a very similar. We've talked about this a, lot, a little bit. It's very, very, very similar to what we're seeing happen on Bitcoin. Again, if you weren't looking at that name right there, you might think I was looking at the Bitcoin chart. Let's just just I'm going to flash back and forth. Are you on my screen, Zach? Okay, just flashing back and forth, not a massive difference. There's a little bit, I think Bitcoin had a little bit of a higher peak right here. It's a little bit different right in that region, but overall looking pretty darn close to the same. So therefore, I also think, you know, what we're looking at right now on Ethereum is we're going to see a lot of copycats as what we saw on Bitcoin. But something I do want to point out even right now, I'm on the four hourly chart. And the reason I'm on the four hourly chart is because we already know if we go all the way out to the weekly chart, we're going to see bullish RSI divergence. I think it's been screaming, the weekly chart's been screaming now for a while that Ethereum, Bitcoin, it's all ready to rally. If you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, bottom of the RSI right here is definitely in a downtrend to this bound peak. And then we obviously had uptick in price. Oh, come on, grab my line right there. And then, so this, this is what we're talking about when I say bullish RSI divergence. But everyone is wondering, Tim, Jeb, Kelly, anybody who can answer what is happening in a shorter time frame of what we're seeing happen right now on Ethereum is very faint. It's very small. It's not really necessarily that big, but we are seeing the beginnings of the reason why I also think this level is not the bottom. You know, the bottom might already be in, maybe we go lower, but for right now, the temporary bottom is we are, we have this technical downtrend in price action. And this candle is not officially done yet, but it, you know, if it does, a downtick. If at worst we have a flat level, and we have right here, we have the RSI flattening out and slash going up as well. I think that we're seeing the bottom come in. It gets even more confirmed when you look at the hourly chart. Again, I'm just looking at RSI right now, so I'm going to go look at Bollinger Bands and TD Sequential and all the other fun stuff here in just a second. But even on the hourly chart, let's zoom in on this right here. Another reason why I think it is: look at this right here. Even though these candles aren't finished closing, look at how the price is coming down. Look at the RSI though, how it's coming back up. This is the classic tail sign of a reversal coming. You're going to want to see it happening first on the hourly chart. Then you're going to come out and say, all right, do I see anything happening on the four hourly? Then you might want to grab the eight or the 12 hourly. Do I see anything happening there? And then you're looking for the daily and we already know what's happening on the weekly chart. So therefore, uh, guys, I, I do think that if, for those of you who are sweating, we're kind of kind of coming to a phase here within the next couple of hours of the day that there's actually going to be a relief. It's not heat going down. It's not necessarily though ready to just explode on the way up. So if anyone thinks, okay, Ethereum's about to rally back up to uh, 3,200, I, I wouldn't expect that to happen by the end of today. What I'm actually expecting to happen, both Bitcoin and Ethereum, watch us move a little sideways, maybe come up a little bit, get a little bit of a relief. But we are kind of setting up this, this finishing touch to our inverse head and shoulders pattern that we've been talking about both on Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you guys are wondering, left shoulder, head. Now we're finishing up setting the right shoulder. And uh, do we even do we ever do a prediction at Jeb on Ethereum on where that head and shoulders would be? It's actually got a price target of $5,000. Oh, that was based off your video. So anyone yep. who watched the video yesterday. Yeah, if you watch that video, you know, funny timing because obviously the price went down when it went out, but it wasn't talking about the next day or two. It was talking about the next couple of weeks, if not next, next month couple or of two. months, to be honest so, with you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things, guys. There's a lot of reasons to not freak out about Ethereum just yet. There's a lot of good signs. But let's go look at the T sequential Bollinger Bands. I actually haven't even looked at these this morning. So you're going to be watching it with me as I look at it. Here we go. Four hourly chart. This doesn't mean it's ready not necessarily just yet, but we have a, you know, this, the color is red, but we call this a green, or we could call this a bullish reversal eight on the TD sequential. The trend is kind of saying we're coming close to reversing. Same thing. We're at the very bottom. We're overextended or you know, underextended on the Bollinger Band. 
especially the downside. That's another thing kind of screaming shorter time frames. It's kind of time to reverse. If we go down the hourly chart, I'm sure it's similar. Yes. Bottom of the Bollinger Bands, we're getting constricted, but the volatility is about to open up. We're at the downside of this. More often than not, we end up seeing an uptick in price action. TD Sequential is not really telling us anything conse uh, consequential there, but just so you know, we're seeing a lot of signs on the lower time frames confirming, guys, this might be the bottom of the short time frame dip. It's time to have a little bit of a relief rally. Although Ethereum, I will say, is sitting a little bit lower uh, compared to what Bitcoin is doing. As you guys can see, if I zoom in here really close, we bottomed out on this little thing right there at 2800 exactly. Currently, the price is sitting at 28.21 versus Bitcoin. We bottomed all the way down here, kind of similar to what I predicted around 39.6, but now the price is back up over 40,000. This is something to keep an eye on for the rest of the day. Things could change. There's definitely still a possibility of going down, but I would be very surprised. I do think we have found a daily, last couple of days we have been dropping. We found a little resting place to finish setting up the inverse head and shoulders pattern, uh, and then we're going to be rallying at the top. Jeb, let me know if you disagree or see anything else that I didn't point out. No, I think I think I absolutely agree. I think right now what we're seeing out of Ethereum is that it's very closely <clears throat> following Bitcoin and whatever you see Bitcoin do, Ethereum is basically going to follow it. I think Ethereum is in lockstep with Bitcoin right now. I think it really is about that simple. And I totally agree with everything you said there. I do want to read a couple of chats here. And then, Kelly, I want you to do some analysis on XRP and tell us a little bit about what's going on with that Ripple versus X XRP lawsuit. You know, the, the memos that are coming out and everything. But I want to read a couple of chats. I asked in chat a second ago. What does hashtag FinSolve mean to, mean to you? I just want to read some of these. JoJo said, control of my own finances instead of it controlling me. Hashtag FinSolve. Crypto Couple said, uh, who's been a member for four months, said, hashtag FinSolve means I have the resources to provide for my family without fear of uncertainty. I love that. Um, Etherverse said, I absolutely love the word FinSolve. And also, Elliot Locke here, who's been a member for a while, says, everyone needs to check out CT2A. It is amazing. I'm not even all the way through it, and I'm already able to identify trends and make even better financial crypto choices at CryptoJeb at TA10. Guys, make sure if you haven't gotten CT2A yet that you sign up for. Today's show is brought to you by our very own Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, where we teach you everything that you need to know about technical analysis so that you can do the kind of technical analysis that Tim just did. Yeah. And now that I would like Kelly to do on XRP. Take it away, Kelly. Awesome. Let's do it. Uh, let me pull it up right here. I was just getting my screen set. Uh, all right. So here I'm looking at XRP and the dollar on uh, Bitstamp. So first thing I, I did was I just wanted to identify some uh, major, major support. So we got this right here. And don't mind my colors as they come up because I'm not going to edit them as I'm doing this live. Uh, we've got a level here. Uh, I've got a level above us right here. Uh, of course, just like Bitcoin, we've been in this major downtrend uh, or midterm downtrend, I should say, coming here. And we're still looking. We want to make sure that we can set this this uh, higher low right here. Uh, we have our higher high. Oh, oh, pardon me. We have our higher high right there. Uh, but if we come down in onto the four hour, uh, what I would see on this would be, uh, you know, we've got got an interesting sort of setup. Uh, we have a re really in in interesting sort of setup happening here uh, where it's almost like a descending uh, dis uh, descending triangle that's forming. Uh, I can see it just chart vision. Uh, it's actually more and more like a descending tri or a, a descending triangle. Uh, so I really want to make sure that we we find we keep support here at the 76, uh, 76 cent level, because if we break this, then we're going to be looking down to come down to the what is going on with my chart. I'm doing this without a <laughs> mouse. You keeps glitching out on me, too. I don't know why well, I'm doing I'm doing it. I don't have my mouse. I didn't bring my mouse from New York. So oh, oh no, that yeah, hard. That's that is, wrong. Yeah. 
So, so essentially what I would be looking for in targets here, uh, one, let's pull up a Fibonacci extension and I'm going to do it from this, this run here. I'm going to pull this across and we've got this right here. And so, uh, we're, we're basically dancing right here, right above. It is pretty confluent. There's the word for the day confluent. Uh, it's pretty confluent right where the support level is that yeah. we're, that we're dancing off of right now, which is the six one eight, which is a very important level. Anytime you're looking at pullbacks from, uh, from a recent, uh, local high, and that's this level right here. So this is this is pretty critical support on the 74 to 75 cent level. And if that breaks, then I'd be looking all the way down here. I'd be looking down to 71 cent levels and then the 68 cent level. But however, I think I think that I think that unfortunately that this uh, this is going to be very tied to uh, what's going on with Bitcoin. Uh, but uh, with everything going on with the SEC lawsuit, it's going to be very interesting to see because it's going to be a major major shift in trend for uh, for XRP, and it, it may break out. Ahead of Bitcoin, if if we get the news from the those memos that comes out uh, being very positive news in terms of what's going on with uh, all the you know all the stuff that's in the memos, because that could completely change the direction of the case. Uh, and if that's the case, then I think that uh, XRP actually could break out from there. Uh, you know, how, looking at the at the uh, MACD and the RSI, it's a very similar sort of setups as Bitcoin. So I'd just be looking at those key levels, just holding the seventy five cent level for breaks out looking at the uh looking at the 71 cent level and 68 cent level below that if we break up we still have the major resistance level above that uh so i would just really really just be watching what's going on with these memos and if coin if, if the if the memos end up being very positive in this sac SEC case starts to uh, wrap up or look like it's going to have a more positive outcome. Uh, I do know that uh, uh, there's been a lot of speculation that XR, uh, that Coinbase is already preparing some of the things they need to do to relist. Good deal. That's really exciting. That would be huge, huge, huge for the XRP price. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to look at Matic, then we're going to go into some Super Chats, then we're going to wrap out the stream, guys. Let's take a look at Matic. You guys are always... So the HODL trophy winning. There is the HODL trophy winning. That is true. We have to look at that as well. So before we do that... Nine minutes. Eight minutes now. Oops. Polygon is currently ranked number 15, sitting at a $12.3 billion market capitalization. Great project. Not going to go into the into the fundamentals right now, but it is a solid project. You can see it was in this bull pennant for a long time over last year, starting around May, moving all the way through December. And we did break bullish out of it. We didn't break as far as we thought, though. And we did rally all the way up and double top at all-time high, kind of similar to how Bitcoin did. <clears throat> Ever since then, it has been having a downtrend that it has been respecting and you can see that it has tried to break out of this a couple of times, and it has so far failed. But the other interesting thing is that there is a longer-term uptrending level of support right here, as you can see, and that is giving us quite a bit of strength. We saw that there is a level of resistance here, level of support here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and there is a lot of consolidation coming in on Polygon. I do find this chart to be very interesting because it doesn't actually look like the rest of crypto right now. It's actually kind of doing its own thing, trading up here between $0.70 cents and $2.70, if you look at the non-log chart, then it looks even crazier. This market right here is a little bit more divergent from the rest of the crypto space, which is good because that means that something could happen on Matic that wouldn't happen on another project. I do see that there is a lot of constriction right here and the volatility is dropping. And if we take a look at the volume, the volume is relatively low as well. I feel like there is a market move primed and ready to happen in the next couple of weeks here on Matic. Now, if it were to break to the upside, 
it would likely be following a break on Bitcoin to the upside. Good news is we have until about March 5th here, which March 5th is going to be a huge day, especially for Matic. March 5th, before that date, we're probably going to see a break to the upside if Bitcoin is doing well. But if Bitcoin is still failing to rally, then before March 5th, Matic is probably going to have a downtrend and we're probably going to break down to new local levels that we could see, for example, right here at $1.50. That's a big even. Also down here at a dollar would make sense as well. If we break to the upside, then we're going to be looking at breaking resistance at $2 and $2.50. So be looking out for a breakout here. If we break above this downtrend, be looking for an uptrend. If we break above this uptrending level of support here, then be looking for a downtrend and a bounce and to be buying in at new levels. I personally think Polygon is a fantastic project. But uh, Kelly, I would love to hear your thoughts on the project of Polygon before we move into the HODL Trophy winner here in five minutes. Some super chats and then wrapping out. Yeah, Matic Polygon is an absolutely excellent uh, project. Not only is it a great project to, uh, that I've held in my portfolio for quite a quite a while, I have a small uh, a, a small percentage that I've allocated from from Matic that I do trade, and that's a, that's a good uh, thing to, to to take note of for everybody. It, there's one thing to be a to just be an investor in HODL, and there's another thing to be a trader. But I honestly think the smartest way to do it is to make sure that no matter no matter what you're doing along the way, everything that you do trade is only a portion of you take portions of profits of that and you put it into your HODL portfolio. Whether you put it all back into Bitcoin or you put it into a HODL portfolio of the same asset. And in terms of Matic, they've got a lot of stuff that they've been developing. They've had an immense amount of development uh, in their ecosystem in the last uh, two years, and uh, they uh, they they've recently, you know, done the EIP 1559 uh, update on their uh, uh, improvement on their protocol, uh, which is going to be affecting some uh, coin burning. I don't think that's really going to affect much of the uh, the fee structure because the fees are so low on Polygon, which is why a lot of companies that, that do NFTs, if you're not selling large, large uh, sort of dollar value NFTs, more utility based NFTs, uh, Polygon is uh, one, one of the go to uh, sources uh, for, for that use case. Uh, but I think, or, and I should say with that, I think that's also another driving factor in the Polygon ecosystem. Uh, it's definitely a, a great buy, in my opinion. Uh, it is definitely a great, great long-term investment. So those are my thoughts on Polygon. There you go. Boom. Well, we got five minutes until we're going to announce the winner of the HODL trophy. But Tim, I just posted a poll in the chat five minutes ago saying, which part of hashtag FinSov is more important? Fin or Sov? The financial part or the sovereignty part? And I also added in there, yeah. what's FinSov? 48% of people don't know what financial sovereignty means. So one, Ooh. can you define what financial sovereignty means to you? Yeah. And two, do you think the financial part or the sovereignty part is more important of that equation? Well, this this is something just so you guys know, a company discussed for a while. Uh, and Jeb was the one who who kind of, I think, was the creator and conjurer of the term financial sovereignty. I realized it on stream, actually, like yeah. a month it, and a half ago. It, the whole thing is, what, what it kind of birthed out of was financial freedom and how many of you guys have heard that term financial freedom everybody you know and and the whole thing is that just like a lot of other good terms because financial freedom is a great term it's kind of been diluted and it's kind of been taken for granted and people have changed what it really means to them so so we're like how do we how do we take the same mindset of financial freedom how do we rebirth this idea to be pure and to get it back to what we originally wanted financial sovereignty 
is the concept of having power over your money, not your money having power over you. It does not mean massive wealth. It does not mean fi financial prosperity. It means control. So whether you have $500 or whether you have $10 billion, if you do not have control of your money, but your money has control over you, you are not living in a financially sovereign state of life. For example, if I'm trading and making millions of dollars every single day, but my eyes are glued to the computer and my anxiety is constantly going up and down and up and down because of my worried about what's happening on the charts, even though I have a lot of money in my bank account, I am a slave to my finances. That is not financial sovereignty. But when I can look and say, you know what, here's a great time to buy, here's a good time to sell. You know what, I didn't call that right, but you know what, it's okay because I've set myself up financially to be in control and I can take some days off and I can, I can go many days without looking at the charts and I can go on vacation and not have to worry about, am I gonna pay my bills? That's my control over my money. That's me saying, money, you serve me, I don't serve you. And so when we talk about financial sovereignty that's what we're talking about if that's something you love hit that subscribe button yep. the other side of that which one's more important finance or sovereignty and in my opinion it's sovereignty because Agreed. it would be awesome our first goal for all of you is to begin to have financial sovereignty because i think that will unlock the doors for you to have sovereignty over everything else in your life relationally have sovereignty over the people in your life how many people have to keep toxic people in their life because of a fear if i get rid of these people then i'm going to go down the tubes yeah like well, a boss or something like that exactly. you know you're, you're stuck with it. So, so it, it's, hey, when I have the financial keys to my world figured out, now I can control who's in my circle. Can I remove toxic people? Can I keep the people that I need? I have physical sovereignty. I have control over my health, over my wellness. It's not like I'm driven. Like I've seen people who might have a six pack abs and they, they're in the gym 20 hours uh, a day. And it's like, that's not sovereignty. Your anxiety is if I don't go to the gym, I'm going to get fat. And it's like, that's not sovereignty. But the first key is when you have control over your finances, watch it bleed into everything else, physical, uh, relational, spiritual, every other way. There's something about money that when you can get a control of money and you're the master of it, now you can actually unlock the rest of your life having complete sovereignty. Tim, how much does the Bible talk about money? A lot. It actually talks about the, the it's funny, most people don't know that. It, the Bible talks about money more than almost any other concept. Yep. So, Why do you think that is? Because of what I just said. I yep, I think whenever exactly. people say that God hates money or that you, people kind of misquote verses and say that, oh, money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money yep. or well, we could even put it in context, the serving of money, the, yep. the, the desire to cheat people Idolatry or to, of money. to put it above everything else in life, that leads to evil. But there there were several wealthy people in the Bible, yeah. uh, and and God never discouraged that at one point. Nope. And so. I think it's very important. I'm going to say this, and then we're going to announce the winner because right now is the winner's time. Um, the reason the. Yeah, anyway, actually, I'm not going to repeat everything. I, yeah. I was just about to say something he said. Tim, take it away. You just won the, the winner. Trophy, yeah, this, this <laughs> wasn't a close week. Uh, yeah. So I had the lowest prediction. I, this happened a lot faster. I did think we were going down to the 39s. I just thought it would take a little bit longer. But my prediction of 42,300 was the lowest. Wasn't necessarily that close. So, uh, you know, this it stays for the fourth week in a row on my desk. Wow. That's three out of four weeks I've won. So I, I'm on a little bit of a roll here. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, not, it's not as fun. It, this wasn't as uh, heated dun, 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 as last couple of weeks. But. Next week will be another good week for the Hollow Trophy. I wanted, I wanted to say one thing, too, because I saw, I, saw, I saw a lot of people in the chat referring uh, about the comments. We were talking about money, and they were, they were saying about my money tree. And you know what? I want to say one specific. Yeah, where's your money uh, tree, uh, dude? Yeah. 
my, my money tree is is in New York. My wife's taking care of it. Hmm. But I do want to say that they said, you know, money does grow on trees. It goes on, on Kelly's money tree. But you know what? You know why money grows on that money tree? You know why it's so green? You know why I keep my plants so healthy? Why my portfolio is so healthy? Why my financial sovereignty is so healthy? Is because of three things. Time, patience, and knowledge. That's Ooh, it. I it's just that. the investment. Investment of time. Reallocation every moment that I'm frustrated of patience and just never ending quest for knowledge. And sometimes I get tongue tied here on camera and I apologize, but uh, people could tell you here in office, uh, I'm never short on words. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Me neither, dude. and, uh, and I, I got, I got a lot of, I, I've, you know, I just want to encourage everybody that, uh, one thing, you know, time is our most finite resource, but it's also our most precious. Yeah. So the way you spend it will serve you or it'll steal from you. So just yeah. spend your time wisely and it will serve you beyond, you can beyond anything you could ever imagine. I want to say, I want to say one more thing because I've seen in chat, you know, people congratulating on the win. Thank you guys. Thank you for graduating. I want to, I want to say this, I've said this before and, and this is the echoing of our channel. Like I actually think I'm a very good representation of what we're trying to accomplish with this channel. You guys, if you would ask me two years ago, Tim, what do you think about crypto? What do you think about finance? I didn't have a lot of good answers. What happened was, is, you know, the disease that should not be named or the, you know, the virus can't be named. That happened. That messed up a lot of people's lives. And it, it, it absolutely messed up my life. Uh, but I had the opportunity to work with Jeb. And, and you know what? My whole life had been about sports, tech, computers, trading, and none of that even crossed my brain. But there was a hunger in me and, and something I've known about myself for a long time. And I think anyone can be this is when you put your mind to something anything is possible. And that's how yes. I, that's who I am as a person. I'm not a, I'm not a tech wizard, but when I put my mind to something and I'm dedicated to it, I will learn it. And every the reason I won this HODL trophy again, the three times is because I have dedicated this last year of my life to learning and growing. The amount of questions I've asked Jeb is probably up in the nine figures about <laughs> technical analysis, about crypto. The, the research I've done is why I'm getting way better. And I think you guys are starting to see it. And it's not because Tim is this magical person. The truth is I'm no smarter, no better, no greater than anyone else. The only thing it takes from you is a willingness, a desire, and a hunger to say, if I want something, I I'm not gonna let anything get in my way. That's what we're building here. Uh, if you wanna be a part of that, again, start subscribe by the liking the videos, hit subscribe, join community groups, because if you think that it's impossible, I'm proof that it is not impossible for you to work your well, work your way out of financial slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted I wanted to add one thing on that one as thing. well. You know, you, you touched on an incredibly important thing. And that's humility. You know, I've been doing this. I've been making a living on this for the last five years. Jeff's been doing this. You know, about the same amount of time. Tim's Tim's dove in, and he's so proficient at what he's doing. Uh, none of Jeb doesn't make calls and just have an absolute certainty of what's happening. I don't. Tim, we all ask each. We we confirm our biases. Uh, are, mm -hmm. We try to dismantle our biases. We try to uh, make sure there's a cons uh, consensus between multiple different sources. Even even though I'm so clear on something I see, I, I check in with other people and the community is a huge part of this, right? Yeah. To really make sure that you're on the right page. And maybe maybe you're seeing something that nobody else, else is. Maybe you're not seeing something that somebody else is. So it's really good to have that, that sounding board and then yeah. really talk with people about it. If you don't have somebody in your life, in your physical world, that is uh, in this, I mean, we're happy. Dive in, the, dive in this community.
community, chat with us, you know, hit us up on Twitter, talk with other people online. Cause there's so many resources out there for you. If as, just as Tim said, if you just have the willingness to ask, have the willingness to put in the time and have the humility to know that you could be wrong. And there's more that you could know. There's one final thing I'll say to that. And then we're going to read some super chats, rich and wealth being rich and being wealthy are two very different things. Very rich so. is measured in dollars. Wealth is measured in time. So what do I mean by that? Rich is $100 million. Wealth is 35 years of expenses at your current net worth. So I ask you the question, are you rich or are you wealthy? Do you have $100 million but have $50 million a year in expenses? Or are you wealthy and you have $100,000 of expenses and you have $5 million, so you have 50 years of wealth? Do you want to be rich? where that could just go away tomorrow? Or do you want to have stability and have wealth? And I'll add on top of that, rich only talks about money. Wealth talks about a lot more than money because wealth doesn't just have to do with money. I'd say it doesn't even have mostly to do with money. Wealth has to do with the quality of your relationships, it has to do with the quality of your, of your spiritual time, whatever that looks like for you. That's up to you. Whatever that looks like to you, what is the quality of that? What is your, the quality of your health? What are the quality of your dreams and your passions and your, your future, your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Are you walking in your purpose? It's our mission statement actually even more important than financial sovereignty for you to be walking in a purpose-driven life because that's where I believe true fulfillment and joy comes from. The gospel is very clear on that as well. We want you to achieve financial sovereignty so that you can live a wealthy, purpose-driven life. And wealth doesn't just mean money. It means a whole lot more than that. So ask yourself the question, are you rich? Or are you wealthy? Let's read some super chats. Yeah, these we'll last two super chats, Matt C, ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, thank you guys. I can't say it enough how much I appreciate all you do for our benefit and how much I love this entire community. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs> Matt C, we are incredibly appreciative of you, my friend. Yeah, I'm he, looking forward to seeing you on another webinar, or, uh, you know, on the stream every single day. Thank you so much for your continued support, man. Last Praying one I see for here, your furniture business. <laughs> last one I see here from Shavong Golay. Uh, can a, ter a tertiary phase of Bitcoin become recession? Not sure what he's getting at. If you mean, um, do you mean a tertiary downtrend? If that's what a tertiary uh, trend? Yeah, I, I, he said phase, but if I'm that's, assuming that's what he's uh, Yes, no, it absolutely can. A, yeah. a primary, secondary, or a tertiary can turn into the primary. Yeah. So what you're basically saying is, can a tertiary jump straight to primary? Yeah, it absolutely can. Uh, there's no question about that. Yes, absolutely. Have another $100 another super chat. Man, Bob. we got Bob. Hey, Bob, haven't seen you in chat in a minute. Shout out to you, my friend. Happy Friday. Great show, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. Man, we just got like $700 in super chats. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. That is so incredible. Seriously, guys, look, you know, we run a business. We have 16 employees. You know, any of you who are business owners, you know, that ain't cheap. We ha we do have to, you know, run ads and, you know, sell CT2A and stuff. Not all, not because we're trying to make money, but because we're trying to serve you and we yeah. charge for it so that we can serve you. I want yep. you to be very clear on that. We're a people-driven company, not a profit-driven company. We make money so that we can continue to serve you. The end result is, the end goal is for us to serve our employees and our customers and our vendors. But we do, you know, have to keep the lights on. These lights are expensive. There's probably $50,000 worth of equipment in this studio right now within 25 feet of me. All of that costs money. So we want to be able to support you guys and bring you the quality content every single day. All, this is all of our full-time job. It's my full-time job. It's Tim's full-time job. Zach's, Kelly's, Smay's, Shannon's, um, anybody you ever see on camera, this is their full-time job. So it does take money. So we're very, very appreciative of those super chats. And we're also very appreciative 
of the blessings that we've been given so that we're able to create a community where you would feel the need and the desire and the and and, and the want to do that. So Bob, Rick, Matt, and everyone else who Everybody, ever yeah. does anything, even if you've never donated a penny, that's totally fine. We would never want to force you to do that. Even if you've just hit the like button, even if you just subscribed, even if you just watched five seconds of one of our videos, we just want to say thank you. We want to come before you with humility and integrity and help you to achieve that financial sovereignty that we have been so blessed as to achieve. And we want to help you come alongside us and achieve that financial sovereignty to help you live that purpose-driven life because I want you to have fulfillment and joy. And I believe walking in your purpose and not being controlled by money are two of the biggest ways that you're going to find that. If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and go tell 10 friends, especially for you guys who absolutely love the show. Go tell everybody you know about Coffee and Crypto. Go tell everybody you know about the channel and the media, uh, you know, the, the channel that we're building here. Go tell them about it because you never know who's going to find, um, you know, th who this content is going to help. So go and share this with 10 friends. And if you have any questions about any of our products, about iTrust Capital, about Lorenzo, who's our CPA, who you can find his link down below, about CT2A, if you have any questions about any of that, or if you just want to talk to us, supportacryptojeb.com. You'll be talking to Taylor. That is Tim's wife. She's our customer service manager. Thank you so very much to Taylor. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap it out? That's it. I Hit think the good. like button. Hit that and like we'll button. See we'll see you on Monday. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter at CryptoJeb Official on TikTok. We're posting daily over there. We got a lot of great content coming out over the next couple of weeks and especially over the next couple of months. You guys are not going to want to miss that. Don't go anywhere. Before quarter one is out, you guys are going to have some really awesome stuff coming your way. But before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching. As always, I love you guys and I will see you in the next video. Peace. Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McPhee Media.